Machination Log 008, The Amateur and the Professional. Hey everybody, welcome to the Actual Garbage Podcast, Machination Log, Boo Boo Bob. Got a number. Six. Uh, it's not going to be six. Nine. Uh, eight. Close enough. Ten. Eleven. It's almost certainly going to be seven, so good job. All samples. This is David Paddock. To my virtual left, Jacob Paddock, back at it. I'm here again, and I have noticed that you beep beep at every one of these, and you've never edited it in yet. Uh, no, I haven't. And to yeah, his left... The number for the consumption one. Shut up. And Nicole, <laughs> Nicole Paddock. I am here. I am uh, over from the consumption log side this evening. Yes, you are. You are over here on the maker's booth I know, uh, for this I'm, particular episode. I don't know why I'm not consuming right now. Yeah. And to her left, Dylan George. Drag through life. Dragon. Stray dragon. Uh, we are all here as the most amateur professionals today. We are professional amateurs. Yeah. Who picked this topic? I don't even remember. It was on the spreadsheet. They, they do have a word for that. It's called chumps. Chumps. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and I assume, given the uh, given who we've got around this table, it's going to not necessarily be... Like, we could talk about the, uh, the philosophy behind being amateur or being pro, but I think most of what we're going to be talking about is going pro... From an amateur perspective, I uh, don't know anything about that. Well, I wasn't well, going to talk about that. I mean, maybe you don't. No, uh oh, already lost Jacob. Jacob, virtual David. Uh, virtual uh, oh god, it's so close. Up oh, there he's he is. in on it all, folks. But that's okay. We could have talked while Jacob wasn't on here anyway, because Nicole, as the co-founder of TR Herp. You've been in the business of being almost pro for a very long time. Well, I a, after looking up the difference between a professional and amateur, um, T.R. Herp started as an amateur endeavor. I have no biology background. I don't know a damn thing about animal. Well, I didn't know anything about animal, animals. Animal, animals. It, this is way later than I usually podcast. Yeah. Um, so... Yes, we started as an amateur enterprise in which we kept animals as a pastime and had day jobs. And so looking at the definition of professional, which is, you know, having great skill or expert or doing something for, you know, as a profession, as a livelihood, Tara Herp has almost crossed that boundaries into professional professionalism. I'm not still making I'm not making a livelihood from it, but it does technically make money and i think after all these years i guess i'm sort of an expert you guys do, <laughs> you guys do have a sign yes like we have a, a sign an actual wooden sign oh, which... we have we have a business business bank account yeah. i yeah yeah you guys could be i have a business license you oh. guys could be responsible for tax evasion now like you're yeah. Just, yeah. You're, you're for real yeah although the i take deductions yeah, yeah. even though the money might not be beneficial for you, like as a livelihood to survive off of. It's keeping itself afloat. Yes, it does pay the for itself. The enterprise in itself is but professional. It, it it takes a lot of work to do that, and you know, some days I don't know if I want to expel that much of my amateur time into something I'm not making a livelihood yeah, off not of. Enough. Boy, do I know how that feels. <laughs> yeah, Dylan George. The reason uh, the reason around this table why we definitely are going with the going pro side of this and. The definition I want to use for professional here, I mean, my, uh, my working sort of pie-in-the-sky definition for these two words is part of a pithy quote. It's uh, amateurs are trying to fool themselves and professionals are trying to fool everyone else. Um, amateurs are in pursuit of some sort of ideal and professionals are trying to get paid. Yeah. yeah. And Dylan, how's that part going? Um, 
Well, when it comes to getting paid, I, I don't feel like being a professional is purely just getting paid because it requires a mentality to even get to that. The mentality that you're taking the proficiency, something you are good at innately or otherwise that you've trained up and trying to make money off of it requires such a mindset of I am good enough to the point where I deserve this now. And that's where, that's the separation between aspiring and professional becomes. Because you have the amateur and you have the professional and in between is the aspiring, which is just saying an amateur who doesn't know what he's doing business-wise yet. So on the professional end, you have the mentality of I'm good enough at this and I deserve to make money off this now. You people should be regarding me for what, you should see me for what I am. Well, and it, the amateur and the aspiring, especially the aspiring, they don't have that yet. But that's that's one of the interesting things. I mean, Jacob, feel free to jump in if you feel like you fit into this category. I think you were one of the people who was a go on the spreadsheet. But I, it, part of what makes this particular table peculiar in this regard is that... We've had professional the, endeavors. Well, it's specifically that the amateur route was important at the outset. I mean, Nicole, with T.R. Herp... You guys didn't set out to make money. You guys set maybe some long term on some long term uh, five ten years. You were hoping to go to the black, but for the first little while, you guys were just collecting animals essentially, and you you were not intending to pay the bills with them. Yeah, well, it it started out yes, like like all amateur endeavors, it started out as a hobby. Sure, and, we got a lot of animals. We need well, to get rid of some of these. Yeah, well, no, and then I and then I realized that. We were going to end up with like a lot of animals really, really quick if we didn't find some way to, you know, like manage Monetarily said animals. Discharge. Them. Yes, and it's very expensive to feed a lot of animals. So it was basically a compromise. Like if we are going to keep this many animals, like they have to figure out how to pay their own rent, <laughs> um, and they they mostly do. But it does take a lot of my time. <laughs> well, and. And in the same, and that is amateurish by definition, the way that you got into it. Amateur yeah. doesn't mean that you're bad at it. It means... It, no, it I'm just, actually... Yeah. That's why I kept doing it, because I'm actually really fucking good at it. Um, yeah. Which... I mean, this is... This, it's going to get... My, my business is such a niche, it's almost hard to talk about, because <laughs> it's, it's such a like niche within a niche. But, you know, I keep animals that people think are very, very hard to keep. And I don't see that because these are the only animals I've ever kept. So and I keep them alive. So I see, like, the other people in my niche who have trouble keeping this stuff alive. And they'll ask me questions and they'll be like, well, how do you keep your Williams Eye babies alive? And I'm like, I don't know. I throw them in a cage and they live. <laughs> like, it just works. Like, I'm really fucking good at this, and I'm not even sure why, because I'm not a professional. I don't know anything about biology. I don't know anything about zoology. I, I'm just really good at keeping the animals alive. <laughs> so, you are proficient at it. Yes. And maybe yes. that is what will pull you yeah. into being a professional, is other people who I'd have want to, do, to keep it as a I'd hobby. have to do a little bit more research, I think, to really consider myself to be a professional. And that might just be... Me being modest. I mean, one of my other amateur hobbies is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and I just won the most improved award at the <laughs> promotional ceremony. Yes, yes. And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty, like, humble about it because I, I feel like I don't know anything. Like, 
I the more you know, the less you know. Yeah, yeah. that's and jujitsu really made me feel like that. Like after about three months into it, I knew just enough to realize that oh my god, I don't fucking know anything. I have so long to go. But what's then, the name of that curve? There's which a, you the Dunning Kruger effect? That is. Yes. It. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And um. Everybody's favorite catchphrase for expertise of all kinds. <laughs> you know, so so I might be I might be playing myself a little a little humble here because I tend to do that in my other things because I I do tend to be good at I think everyone at this table when we do pick up stuff we tend to naturally be fairly proficient at whatever we do choose to to go after. I mean, you know, Jacob 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 could have <laughs> yeah. been a professional triathlon. But he wasn't motivated, you know. Well, like he probably couldn't have been a triathlon, well, but he could have probably run a triathlon. Physically, there was no reason he couldn't have. Well, well yeah, that's no, no, I ran professional into triathlete. Where, where I'm at the aspect where I ran, I took a bunch of hobbies right up to the line where I could have started going, like in getting money for it, and I stopped enjoying the hobby. It killed the hobby for it. No. Well, that's it Jacob, just ballpark. How many hobbies do you think you have at least $200 and a month into at this point oh, in your life? God. Um I mean, rough, obviously rough estimate. Uh can I make that list into hobbies I cared about? Um, no, we just want a rough estimate of $200 in a month worth of time. <laughs> to quote oh, True Grit, God. let's confine it to killed so we have a manageable figure. <laughs> okay, so divide whatever, yeah, yeah, you put 3,000 hours a year, divide that by one month of time by how many years? Does, does <laughs> math could, count as I one could, of those a, There's a formula for, for it. I mean, just, I could, I mean, just list a handful of them. What things uh, have you become proficient in and then dropped unceremoniously? <laughs> Uh, cooking, which I didn't really drop on ceremoniously because I still have to eat. No. Uh, triathlon, uh, got way too into that and I stopped enjoying it. Uh, I haven't been able to build stuff in a while because I've been too busy working. Flames of War with Joey, I stopped doing that. Playing Dota. tuba, that's actually technically the only thing I've gone pro with because I technically got paid to do a gig as a tubist. That was pretty cool. Tubist. <laughs> And then everything else was just, oh, I think that I'm going to like this. stick. And then, yeah. Or the unicycle. Was, well, the, well, that stuff ended up being the, oh, that looks really neat. Try it out. And then you realize, oh, this is not for me because I have no sense of balance. But what's for you then? Um, I don't know. I still like hiking. Um, <laughs> I remember actually talking to you. I brought the cooking thing up to you one day. And I asked you, would you ever want to be a professional cook? And your response was basically like, fuck no. <laughs> like, no I you seemed very cooking. abhorrent to it. There, but there's a, and actually I'm kind of curious if Nicole had this experience going from amateur to pro is there's a different mindset between doing a hobby for joy and being a professional okay, at it. Well, there is. There, you, know, you feel locked in with well, it. Well, being an amateur is a, is, it's still a pastime. And like the quote, I think I read this before we were on air. I read Dylan a quote that I'd found somewhere on the internet today. And it says, if you're only putting the work in when you're motivated, you'll never be a professional. And that's the thing with being an amateur in these hobbies is you put the work in when you're motivated, when it's fun. 
And when it's not fun anymore, you drop them like a when, fucking bad habit. Yeah, when you need something back from it. Yeah, or it's, when it's life a, gets in the way or whatever excuse you have negotiating yeah. that. The um, term pastime or, you know, something to okay, fill the void. So doing it as a profession means that you're up and you are doing it every single day. Like, I can DIY the hell out of a house. I remodeled two houses. I am not a contractor. I am not a building professional. I am a DIYer that will, you know, tear down walls on my own and have my own weird techniques of putting stuff together. But that is not professional. And I couldn't do construction work, you know, professionally. I could never do that. Cooking, same thing. Working in a kitchen is a brutal job. And the joy of cooking is not... It, it ha- there's very little room for that if you are doing that as a livelihood. So it, if you do like cooking, it, it's almost better to keep it as a pastime where it's only something you do when you're when you're motivated or you feel like it because stuff changes when you take it to a professional level. Um, Even with the animals, I wake up every day and there are animals that have to be fed. There are bins that need to be changed. There are crickets that need to be ordered. I have to do animal stuff every day because now it has become a profession and not a pastime. And I'll be honest with you. I've been evaluating how long I really want to keep doing this for because (gasps) it's... Like I said, it's a lot of work, and there's not a whole lot of payoff except the, you know, joy and, I don't know, esteem that I get for the fact that I can take care of animals that are hard to take care of. What do you think it would take at this point to actually elevate it to the point where you guys could survive off the proceeds? There's, it's, it's a space issue. We can't do any more business within the confines of the space that we have available to keep animals. Like, we would need to build an African outpost out in the back acre of the yard, and it would need to be, like, a fully functioning, climate-controlled environment, and there'd have to be a lot more room. Like so I the solution is pump money. But that's the thing. It's a choice where it's like, do I want to pump enough money into it where I could take it to another level, or... You know, do I want to scale it back to where it's a pastime again? And I am seriously looking at maybe scaling it back to a pastime again. So you know what work it takes. And, I mean, you've been doing that work for little doing, little to no money. Yeah. Uh, but For putting, about five years. Yeah. <laughs> but putting more money in is so... Well, because like, I need such just, a large chunk. It's I mean, it's not an issue of like yeah. putting a little money. I mean, it's a I need a twenty thousand dollar contract yeah. job to come and put a new building on my property. Yeah, build a sick back deck on that uh, garage you got there. Build uh, away. Got to expand to the island. No, not even the island. I wanted to put, like, an African outpost back on my side of the yard because okay, for, there's not a lot of trees. Let's scale back. For people listening, when they say island, we're not on, like, some exotic coast. No, I'm in a... There's a, I'm in there's a, a sh- swamp with more land at one point in the swamp. Yeah, I, I, I am in a... Uh, <laughs> I am in a un-homeowners-associated uh, piece of... I don't know. Territory. <laughs> suburbia. And I do have an island in the back of my swamp, but I am in a regular neighborhood. I'm not like out in the middle of nowhere. There, are, there are parts of Orlando that are still underdeveloped. Yeah. And this I'm is in... one of the, it's the kind of place that looks like you could plausibly find any of the animals that you are raising in this backyard. <laughs> they just don't happen to live there. Yeah, yeah. 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 Actually, all of my animals, if I let them loose, would do they, just fine. They probably coast all right. Um, yeah. In the backyard. I mean, occasionally a hawk would probably find one of them. But other than that, I think they'd be fine. 
So, Dylan, <laughs> how much more do you need to scale up this art to make it survivable? Um, most of it, I feel like I have unlock. The money investment usually is pretty big up front, but it's not totally unmanageable. Uh, you're able to, I mean, my favorite artist, Albert Durer, made most of his money off prints because it's a cheap medium, and, you know, it, it, it pulls in the money that it needs to for a relatively low cost. Are you doing that? No, because I don't have the mentality, and um, to quote a quote that I just looked up from Chuck Close, uh, I don't get inspired, I'm paraphrasing by the way, I don't get inspired, inspiration is for amateurs, I just get to work. And that's the mentality that I don't have. I can't wake up, I can't set an alarm to wake up early to do something so that I said I wanted to do. You, all, you only work when you're motivated. Yeah. Okay. Um, I can't get up early to set my own deadlines and accomplish my own goals because, man, I set those. I don't fucking trust that guy. Yeah. What does he know? Like, I, Do I'm, you have any very, very recent examples of this? <laughs> like extremely recent examples yeah. that might explain why this podcast started late? Yeah, I, um, I had made an arrangement to uh, work on a portfolio that I have. It's very important at this point. And um, I fell asleep and didn't set an alarm and didn't contact the person who offered to help me after I asked them. And I just didn't call them back because I had figured my failure was complete. And then I came here. And, uh, I mean, all of the blame was on me there. Yeah, thankfully, all that ironed out, and uh, it was no it was no problem after... Oh, uh, I'm sure this won't be a problem for the next three days. Oh, no doubt. There yeah. will be... This is basically open and shut. So what the <laughs> fuck are you doing to make sure this doesn't happen anymore? Because it is 2016, y'all. It is 2016. It is no longer 2015. It will never be 2015 again. Never again. So how are you preventing this shit from happening? Because you need to go pro, like, right now. Today is pro time. How many people do you feel like you could say that to? Um, you. You're the only person that matters right now. Oh. I'm trying to scale back my pro. Make it happen. Trying to scale back the pro? Yeah. All right. I'm trying to, I'm trying Nicole, to, like, transfer your lessons of professionalism to Dylan so like he I stops said, doing this. Like I said, like, Actually, you yeah, have to I wake up should... every day and you have to do shit that you don't want to do. But I said I did. <laughs> That's the worst part. It's stuff I said I wanted to do, and then I get there, and I'm like, but fuck you me. You have to fucking do it. Even, like, okay, even with, like, jujitsu, I picked, okay, I picked the most physically, like, one of the more physically demanding pastimes that you can possibly pick. It is a chore every day. I can come up with excuses to not go every single day. I don't want to get kicked in the head. I, I, I felt great yesterday and I think I busted my knee at the end of class. I don't know if I'm going back this week. It's Wednesday. But, no more kicks to the head. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing. You have to find the one excuse to do it. And you will not be fulfilled unless you fucking do it. Like, I feel awesome after I go to jujitsu. I'm like, I fucking did it. It was hard. I challenged myself. I didn't let my laziness get in the way. And then it becomes a metaphor for the rest of my life where I can now feel better about myself on the days that I go to jujitsu. I find I do everything else I'm supposed to do on my list. Or you can come to grips with the fact that you don't have the mentality to be a professional and scale it back like Nicole's trying to do to a hobby again. But I because did that's... take it to a professional level to realize that. Yeah. I mean, I took it the full cycle. I mean, I've been paid consistently to do caricatures as an event. I've been, I mean, 
just over December, I was hired to do caricature artist uh, work for a party. I don't particularly like doing caricature art, which is why I didn't pursue that deeper. Uh, I took training to do it at Universal, and I didn't like the way that they taught it, because it wasn't the way I like to draw. Well, so, do you, do you think maybe then you will never take this professional and you should look at keeping it a pastime? There are so many arts. There are. But you still have to yeah. fucking put the time in. You still have to have the drive to pursue them. Yeah, you still have to work when you're not motivated. But like you had just mentioned, and like I had mentioned on previous podcasts, that I feel great at the end of the day because I did it. I don't get that. Oh yes, okay, so you... <laughs> I've, I've tried. <laughs> have you tried drugs? No. <laughs> Maybe there's something not wrong enough, with your wiring. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, you have to be able to find something that gives you satisfaction. Like, I won the most improved award. It was a paper plate award, but you know what? <laughs> I fucking won, and that was cool. Like, I put in my time, and I, I, I felt happy about that. Like, you have to be able to find joy. Like... I don't necessarily like having to take care of the animals every day, but it is, like, really cool that I have chameleons that are alive. You know, like, if you make artwork and you don't even fucking like it, like, why are you doing this in the first place? I mean, there's gotta be... I don't be... fucking like anything. Why am I doing anything? <laughs> well, then just, I mean, at that point, then just fucking give up. Then why are you even trying? I see, I Because get... I see people not trying and then thinking that they deserve it and my dis my spite for them... Be fueled by this hatred. Yeah, I yeah. basically have used hate as fuel on my journey. You need to as... find something that motivates you. That, that that's... is the artist's way, but you're not nearly as, uh, enough of an alcoholic to make that work for I'm you. I'm working look, on that. Look, look, I don't think it's it's not necessarily an alcohol thing. You shaved your head, that was a good start. Uh, that's just because I'm balding. Uh, it yeah. was still a good start. All right. That, that just means your body was ahead of your head on this one. <laughs> you need... <laughs> You all right there, Jacob? <laughs> He's fine. vibrating violently on the webcam. Uh, no, you just got to find it from within you, man. Like, I mean, I'm not... I am absolutely not driven by joy. I'm driven by this, like, combination of... of recognizing my existence as a tool and needing to be used that way... And that's how I get up at 4.30 in the morning. Mm. Or at you least really a, get up at 4.30 in the morning? Um, I do on my good days. On my bad days, I get up at 12. That is a big discussion. And those bad, those bad days, I realized actually very, very recently that the only difference between the two is, I, uh, is the comfort of being in bed gets me in the one and doesn't in the other. And as soon as I get up, it's fine. I don't, like, once I'm up, I am then active I am now useful, and all the rest of it falls into place. My good days are at 12, and my bad days are at 4. Excellent. Well, no, that's like mine, but backwards, yeah. and the times are wrong. <laughs> so all you need to do is flip all of that equation, and it should work. Yeah, all right. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's no problem, though. Yeah, make, right. that, make that work out. I just need to swap numbers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Swap numbers, swap values, and you should be good. No, I, you don't necessarily need to be happy doing what you do, which I know is kind of a dour way to look at things. <laughs> But there is this is this is the difference between happiness and satisfaction, which I think is extremely important for people who happen to have a broken internal clock, yeah, like, like mine. Like doing those things have made me happy in the moment. Uh, I went to a convention, had a very well-regarded cosplay, my first one, and I was asked later by the person who helped me, "So, do you still feel good about that?" And I, 
I was happy about it then, but I wasn't satisfied even then. So. I, this, is, this might be an age thing too. Is um, I used to be angstier in my my younger years. Um, Do tell. Well, I don't want to expound on that part <laughs> that as much. A tiny violin <laughs> yeah. or a smidgen? <laughs> Just a smidgen. And um, Just a smidgen. Like it's great because as you get older, you learn to like. At least I have. I've like learned to like let go of some of the angst, so I can just fucking live and wake up and do my shit without mm. having to get burdened by how I feel about it. I, I've tried to. I've tried to get to. I, I feel like I'm at that point, but in order to actually excel to the degree that I want to in any particular day, I have to. I have to build something on top of that. Like I assume you're talking about you. You hit that point. Uh, Thomas and I define this. It's um, adulthood is when accountability becomes mundane. It's the point where the fact that what you do matters stops being novel to you. So you, you just get shit done because it needs to get done. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And you're not worried about like all the outside stuff as much. Like you're not worried about like doing stuff for other people's approval. or You yeah. know, like I used to dress really extravagantly in bondage pants like Thomas said he always wanted yeah. to wear. I used to wear the bondage pants. They you were, were living also, the dream. They were. I was living the dream. And you know what? Like now that I'm not living that dream, I don't miss any of that dream because I just don't fucking worry about any of that shit anymore. <laughs> I mean, I look like a mess today. I've got a mismatching sweater, and this shirt's really old, and, you know, and shoes don't match. Maybe that really I would does. have never gone out of the house like this before, you know, in my <laughs> old days. I would have been fucking, you know, looking like something from the Cook the Thief, you know, <laughs> just to go get groceries. <laughs> and maybe that is part of the wiring of it, and uh, I just feel bombarded by thoughts. I don't know if other people have Yeah, you, this. you have to work, like, that's part of the mentally, tr like, yeah. you have to work or find the drugs that work <laughs> for you to get over that so that you can just do shit. Yeah. You don't You don't necessarily need to get over, well, no, I guess but you, you have to get over the thoughts. You can yeah. have the thoughts, yeah. but you need to have the thoughts and, and also work. Yes, yeah. yes. You have to be able to do both. You can't let them. You can't let them stalemate you because that's what's unproductive. Yeah, like exactly. you said, you have to do the thing. Thinking about it is not doing the thing, and you have to just. And there's different. Like there's, like I said, it's you just have to find what works for you. But you know, like I said, as I've gotten older, I I've, I've figured out ways and techniques and like been able to just shut the thoughts down so I can just do the thing. Yeah. And it, it's very freeing. I'd, I would hope. <laughs> Arbite mocked fry. That's what it's all about. So, Jacob, what do you do for pastimes these days, now that you are a professional HVAC? Uh, go for walks. Professional walks. <laughs> Play walk. video games. Oh, God, are you going to start golfing? You already did I that. actually have started golfing. Oh, God damn it, that's right. <laughs> okay, so you're already retired. How is that? Uh, it's not that bad. <laughs> Um, although it's funny skirting around all of it. It's like, oh, you don't have to love what you do. And it's like, well, I, you're talking about like a bad day is when you get up late. It's like a bad day for me is when I go to work and I don't do something quite how I wanted to, which makes me want to go back and do it better the next time. So my bad day has nothing to do with like me not feeling good. It's when I don't achieve something. So you have the opposite problem me... of me. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like the uh, 
uh, when I was, this has been mentioned on three podcasts at this point, two of <laughs> no. which will be released. Um, Everything's just going to be self-referential just, yeah. at one point. Well, yeah. It's, well, uh, no, it'll all just become the same podcast. Stupid, <laughs> yeah, that stupid suck cannon that I tried to create from Ratchet and Clank. It's I kept thinking about thinking about thinking about it. And I was like, you know what? I just need to build the stupid thing so I can stop thinking about it. So I bought all the parts. It was about $190, somewhere around there. Um, and I just built it. And when I built it, it was a failure because I didn't create the suction power I needed to pick up a golf ball and fling it. Um, but it didn't matter because it was done. So I could move on to the next project. I still think about how I could make it better. But just the act of I need to stop thinking about this. I need to sit down and crank this thing out. That way I can move forward. Well, but you had to have enough. You had to have enough of the design laid out to actually work on it in the first place. Some thought was necessary. You couldn't have just said, all right, let's do this. I, I believe that planning is part of the process, though. When working on ahead for that cosplay, me even starting planning Which was cosplay? The Papyrus cosplay that I have finished and had photographed by Hanari that is up on my Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. There you go. Links below. Uh, I did that and the rest of it follows suit once you have the plan. Starting the planning process is the start of the real work. It's when you've taken it seriously. Yeah, but that's super dangerous because you have to define when that's going to be. I mean, for the most part, if you're in, if you're in the amateur world, the planning phase can Doesn't go stop. on. Yeah. yeah, goes on essentially indefinitely. If you're not looking to put out product, it can go on forever. Yeah, I mean, you that's that's just one of the many many hurdles. You have to get over. Nicole, what rank in uh, BJJ are you at? I'm a four-stripe white belt. There we go. Okay. Is that like as four many stripes. as four white belts? Uh, I'm the highest-ranked white belt. My next... I, I, I best of the worst. I color up next time. Yeah, so I'm the best of the low. And how long have you been doing that for? One year, almost exactly. All right. Um, like one year as of yesterday-ish. I mean, so does this all get to be part of the planning phase? Is there is there some point where you're going to feel like you've got maybe not mastery but you've got BJJ down? Well, I, yeah, I I mean this first year I was I didn't want to go full force into it because I'll be honest, there are things I worry about doing J, BJJ, which like includes kicked in the head. No, I don't worry about that. I do worry about, you know, getting things broken like joints. I worry about staph infections. Mm. Yeah. Um, a lot of contact in this sport. There's a lot of contact, yeah. You know, so How there's... How much sweaty contact is there? What? How much sweaty contact uh, is there? No gi, it's... It, dude, it... 90%. It's, it's like, yeah, 90%. All right. Yeah. It's pretty gross. Yeah. Um, you know, and then after no gi class, like if your class is after that one, like the whole mat is slippery. You have to be careful when you run because it's just like soaked from sweaty people rolling the around on it. Squabble. Sometimes like people's sweat will fall on your face when they're grappling with you. That's always strategy. That's strategy. That happened to me during my yes. uh, one trial run at uh, BJJ. So. I mean, it's part of the meta. You just have to know when and where to sweat. There is so much goddamn meta. If you are willing to play that game, <laughs> that game can be played. But, um, so, I, you know, I was kind of taking it slowly um, just because I didn't want to injure myself. And like I said, I also had fear of, like, skin diseases and stuff. But I feel like, I don't know, I feel like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push myself this year and see how, 
how good I think I could possibly be in it because I feel like physically I'm 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 getting there like I'm getting the motions and stuff so I'm gonna probably see how far I can push it without getting injured this year just to I'm just I'm just curious goes. what what you consider to be a goal of doing it um okay this is gonna sound really weird but I started this to build toughness both okay. mentally and physically right. um. That was like one of the checkboxes on their uh, their little pamphlet thing. Yeah. They send, uh, by, yeah. By toughness, do you mean resilience or assertiveness? I mean both. I mean, I mean. Yes. Yeah. All of the above. I yeah. mean toughness, like physically. Um, you know, as far as like building strength and building, like you know. Uh, Discipline. Yeah, well, not even so much discipline, but, you know, you get used to the physical contact. Like, you know, you get you build up toughness, like, against an opponent, but yeah. also mentally, like, being able to, like, get through situations. Like, if someone's choking you, like, not panicking and figuring out what you need to do. So I did it to build both mental and physical toughness, and I think I'm getting both out of it. But that means that it isn't... I mean, that's not an ultimate goal then. So it's part of some grander scheme of toughening yourself up for other pursuits then. Well, just, you know, to be the best person I can be. Okay. You know, like, you know, as you get, like, I realize that I am not going to be as physically agile and flexible and amazing doing nothing as I as I am right now. Like, that's going to peak out. And I feel like... That's what post-humanism's for. I know. Well, I feel like while I'm still young enough to do these things, I would like to see how far I can really kind of, you know, push myself. Like, you know... Um, so seeing how far you can push yourself falls under the amateur umbrella, right? Absolutely. That's, that's what I'm kind of getting at. Yeah. That's an inherently amateur That's what I mean. Like, in a, fantasy, in a fantasy, would I like to be the Invicta strawweight champion? Sure. I am. I started way too late in the game <laughs> to ever do any of this kind of shit professionally. You don't think you can take on J-Champ? She, she's straw. I, there's no way I could fight a 115. Here's why I say Adam weights 105. I am not afraid of getting punched by a 105-pound bitch. I will do <laughs> anything you can throw. Not fucking scared. I've got a really hard head. J-Champ would fucking kill me, and I don't weigh 115 pounds, and they cut weight to get down there. there there's no 5'2", 105-pound Asian girl that I am scared of. Like, I just, like, I, I, this is, this is what I mean. Like, I know my level of toughness. Like, I would not be scared to get in a fight with someone that weighs 105 pounds. I'm curious Bring if you'll run into the same, I'm curious if you'll run into the same thing that I ran into, where it was, you're in your, you get in your comfort zone, you get better, 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 better. And then all of a sudden, you open yourself up. It was like me going going to nationals for the first time. And I, I was might, like, okay, let's I'm, see, let's take a litmus test. Let's see what the the atmosphere of like taking this seriously. Because I was, I think, like number 20, 22 in the state. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm doing pretty good at this triathlon thing. Let's go to nationals and see what it's all about. And uh, I uh, get good, I kid. Lost my motivation to keep going forward because Work, it was so intimidating. Well, Working really hard and then getting put in your place is very discouraging. Well, I yes. and I might I might I might try testing that by maybe doing competition, but the thing is because I'm doing this solely just for myself, like all that would do if I went to a competition and totally sucked, all that would teach me is that I'm still not any fucking good at competition and I still have more stuff to I mean, it wouldn't be like devastating to me and it probably wouldn't be wholly unexpected either. Sure. So well, and that that's why you look into the future, see that <laughs> failure, and embrace it now, <laughs> and then just go on and waste your time doing something else. 
you're never wrong. Yep. You're never that wrong. Your, yeah, feeling that way your experiences are all are all memories you don't actually have. Feeling justified in being wrong and being right about it is better than doing anything. So you're saying be right at any cost. Yep. I mean that's <laughs> if you think about it, that's what most people do with their lives. When I was saying the people who I feel disgusted by where they feel like they deserve things and don't try at all. Yeah. That's what that is. It's... <laughs> oh, I, I'm not. Yeah. I mean, for as cynical as you're being, this is the this is the thing school yeah. teaches you and more than almost it anything. Is heavily is, reinforced in school is, and on the internet. Is the, um, is the necessity of perfection. Yeah. It's, if you can't, uh, if you, if you are going to make a mistake, you would better be able to hide it. This is this is the lesson that a grade point average system with colleges for signals. That's what all of that ends up telling you. That's the test phenomenon is entirely built around the idea yeah. of perfection. You can't do great on an exam in any real sense. On a normal like multiple choice exam, like an essay exam, you may be able to write an incredible essay mm -hmm. and do great on that exam. You can't do great on a multiple choice exam. You can only do so perfectly on it. Yeah. And the mentality of that is to the I, I believe the mentality of that is really important because there is there is this idea of aspiration to that form of examination and as a result that kind of project that well, it's, school it's, not even, it's a it's not an aspiration, it's a dichotomy between you are either perfect or a failure. Yeah. You have either performed or not performed at all. Well but there that's is no try. Well that's that's in I mean, there's some degree. It's it's a matter of what it's failure versus, because in school it ends up being failure versus perfection, as opposed to failure versus, you know, greatness or satisfaction or something like that. Life's life's a little more open ended than yeah. that. Um, unfortunately, they don't it's, enforce it's, that at all. Yeah, it's not open ended like that until people stop grading you, which takes a very 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 long time. Which takes what, ten years? What? When when are, when are you counting from? At yeah, twelve years, 15, fifteen. Try seventeen. Seventeen. I mean, yeah, when, like, when do you get out of college? Did you start in pre-K? There's uh, <laughs> there's a lot of school going on. Yeah. So, Jacob, how damaged were you by school? We already had uh, that one, right? We've discussed this. Topic I uh, I hated school. <laughs> one of the actually one of the reasons why I got so good at triathlon was because of school, because it was my escape from the fact that I hated it so much. I would punish myself for being in school by running and biking for hours at a time. Did that work? I got real good. He got real uh, mean. I got, yeah, I got really competitive. Yeah, you were And very I didn't mean. like my life very much. Okay, that doesn't sound like a success. <laughs> you no. were just using that as an escape. Yeah, I was. And for drawing, I, that uh, was... I don't like I, school. I drew during school because I didn't like school. That's how I even started that. So that's good. So we're two for two on aspirations being in spite of school. Nicole? That's a good question. Should, es oh should escapisms become professional? I just want to make this clear. <laughs> I still don't have any aspirations. I never figured out the answer to what I want to do when I grow up. I, I, I don't... If I had to go get a job tomorrow that paid money, like if I had to find a profession, no fucking idea. I have a lot of degrees. Didn't help with any of that. Um... Yeah, I well, but your dilemma is still your dilemma is on the amateur side of it being of something life. you want to do because if you needed to get like just if you just needed a job to pay bills, 
That's what you I'm are doing. more than qualified. You could get. I'm more a job. than qualified to do a lot of things. My last two jobs, I went out having panic attacks, not going out to work. Like I don't even know if I can like work at this uh, point. T- to be fair, you you did tech support. Yeah, which that is was a generally. <laughs> and I'm afraid. Not... I'm afraid of answering the phone. I don't know how I made it as far as I did in that job. That was possibly the <laughs> shit. That might have been the worst yeah. fit I still, imaginable. I still got the job. Like, no, I, I know. Didn't... <laughs> Yeah, not only do you deal with customers, you only deal with customers who are having bad experiences. During yeah. Christmas on the phone, and I'm terrified of answering the phone. Yeah, no, that may have just not been a good fit. But it's what, I, what I'm getting at is that you, if you needed to get it done, you can get a job, and I you could can make money even yeah. if you hate it. Yeah. You've got that going for you. It's just you want... It's so ambiguous. I don't even know what I would do, though. Yeah. Also, I've never actually met someone who, I don't know how to describe that, has an aspiration that's like legitimate like oh i want to be this when i grow up i'm going to pursue that i don't think i've actually met someone i guess what i mean though is i'm such i'm such a like generalist like with everything but like i said i think i brought this up earlier too i think a part of it is intrinsic in that thing where everything that you do it kind of you do okay at it like it doesn't matter so like nothing distinguishes itself for me like everything i pick up or everything i try to do or every job that i've worked i've done i've been pretty good at it that's just in general that's a constant dilemma i have where it, 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 what that manifests as in my life, I don't know if this maps to you, is that the opportunity cost, which, if you're unfamiliar with the economics term, mm-hmm. is what you pay for having chosen any particular thing. Mm-hmm. I am paralyzed by the fact that every door I go through shuts so many perfectly proficient doors mm-hmm. because there are so many other things that I can do well, and it just it, it's painful to have to commit that way. Um, and that's that's actually more than anything since I've started making actual money. <laughs> I, that That's the thing that I've had to get over. Um, once I got over the part where I can't be afraid of doing my job, mm-hmm. which turns out you can get paid a lot of money for just having this one magical attribute, which is not being afraid to do the job you're given. You know, when I'm getting, when I need to get onto a system and I have to call somebody for a password and they might not have it. And it just mm. the the mere ability to not freak out at needing to do that rules a lot of people out of doing oh, jobs like me, mine. Oh, trust me, I've spent plenty of my life freaking out about things. I, like, I understand the mentality. <laughs> I'm, I'm using jujitsu and breathing exercises to help work on this problem. But I feel like I'm getting close. But once <laughs> but once I got past that part, I've just... And this website's, the, this website's actually basically the epitome of this... This precept, you know, on paper, final product, mm-hmm. I got to have something. Like, yeah. it is it is so much better to have the thing than to improve it. It's just the, yeah. the, that dichotomy. But it's super hard to teach yourself that because, again, and, you know, I hate ragging on school because school is important. But there's the way it's done here is. The cutoff for I, – I don't know that this is different in any other country. I think, I think it, it depends on what you're going – into to like is how important school is like if you're going to be a, a doctor th- there's definitely an amount you of schooling school. that should be required you <laughs> I know? Would like unless you're a doctors. psychiatrist i'd like most doctors to go through school there should be some philosophy involved in that before they send should out we there. heal this man <laughs> uh, psychiatry could be done by a robot but anyway <laughs> I, uh, um yeah well specifically a vending machine <laughs> Are you sure? Because I've been been having long, 
long, extensive. There are four therapeutic drugs. sessions with a friend of mine. There are um, uppers. There are downers. There are concentration drugs, and there's a fourth one we probably don't even. But the need. thing is, meth. like, there's so many within. No, that's no, the concentration. One. Yeah, that's yeah, the that's one of yeah, those three. Right. Well, you need the antipsychotics for the people that need to be taken down. Downers. Yes. That's number two. <laughs> Again, this job is insanely easy. <laughs> That's true, yeah, because the psychiatrists don't actually do any behavior they do modification. They not talk to you very well. Yeah, and basically if the med doesn't work, they can just swap it out. So they actually have the easiest job out of any doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, you sound like you need to calm down. <laughs> I mean, anybody can really assess that if you think about it. Just knowing what thing to calm your ass you, down with. You didn't go even close to the direction I expected you to with that. Also, knowing what to give them is insanely simple. You get a chart and it says, here, give them this drug. Because whoever walked into our office last week promised us a and kickback because, if we give them that. Because they don't actually know why most of them work anyways. No. <laughs> so on That's the subject exciting. of amateurism. <laughs> oh yes. Okay, I want to I am an amateur in like um pharmacology. I will say that right now. <laughs> Pharmaceuticology. Haven't yes. gone pro yet. No, that takes school. I'm an I'm an amateur pastime for life. <laughs> <laughs> on the pharmacology. I don't know if I'm going to edit any wanna, of that out. <laughs> I don't know cuz I really I I really don't like psychiatrists. Like, but I think I've brought them up like twice, and people are probably going to think I'm a Scientologist pretty soon. So, yep. but they got you know, it turns out broken clocks right twice a day. <laughs> where, where did that jump come from? What? Oh, Scientologists are notorious. They were the first. Uh, they were the first Thetans. people who were like, yeah, the Thetans and people getting. No, it's, have you read Dianetics, Jacob? I don't read. How you feel... That's the best way to stay safe from this. <laughs> How you feel is affected by space ghosts. And I don't mean the coast-to-coast -coast kind. My life is affected by space ghosts, coast-to-coast. <laughs> My life has been affected by that as well. <laughs> I tried to watch that show again, and I got That's through... So I got through four minutes... translation. I got, I, got, I got four minutes into one episode, and it was like, I can't believe this was on the air. Like, it's just not, this is just not worth If you need an example of a time and a place, look no further. I mean, yeah, and a mood and Space a drug. Space 2000, what Space Ghost can do for you. Good lord. So, with a lot of the totally asinine bullshit that they'll put on at late night TV, a lot of that stuff is made both out of spite of, fuck you, I think this should be on TV, and somebody saying, yeah, I made this dumb thing. Let's see where it can go. Because let's be real, a lot of stuff that is put out professionally or otherwise is total trash most of the time. But it's out there. Yeah. I mean... So why aren't you getting your cut? Garfield? What? Look. There is there is a mass of normies that need content that none of us are willing or to... Capable. Look, or capable. Or yeah. capable of Look, producing. the fact... I, I believe it is a travesty that Seinfeld is held in the esteem he is and Jim Davis is not. Because they are doing the exact same fucking thing. They are just calling out normal behavior in Jewish a, voices. In a relatively unappealing way. That's because they're the ones that are crazy. With a laugh track. And all comics have laugh tracks because the last panel is, by definition, the part where you laugh. So I'm 
I'm not going to take offense on Jim Davis's behalf. He's worth too much money for that. <laughs> All I'm saying is, I think he does get a little more flack than he deserves. Someone could have come in and stole that if they could do it. But those two have a gift. Marketing. I don't, I, yeah, I don't know yeah. what that gift is, but... I think that gift is professionalism. Thinking you should be out there. Being able to put it out there regardless. I mean, it's because they're working whether they're motivated or not. Yeah, yeah, they are. There is a fearlessness to it of, yeah, I believe in this regard. Have you guys seen Cool Cat no. Saves the Kids? There is a film written, published, produced, funded by basically one guy who is, I think, a, a Playgirls model? At some point, and that's how he got his money to make a film about a very crudely made fursuit being a cool cat who saves kids. This sounds like an am auteur. <laughs> but he made the fucking thing anyway, and now it's making money, and I know what it is, so... I don't know what it is, I so don't I don't either. think it's doing all that well. It's very niche, but it's out there. It's gotta be really... F Where did you even hear about this? The fucking Tumblr? YouTube. Tumblr. No, YouTube. Yeah. Dylan's YouTube filter only lets him see I, videos that have less than a thousand views. I have only seen the worst things on YouTube. We, we know. Interesting. We have, Interesting. I have been banned from putting on any YouTube playlists at more than one household because of the <laughs> tier of things that I find and enjoy on YouTube. Have you guys heard the song Underwater Pussy Party by the Gay Beatles? No. No, you have not, because only 3,000 other people in the world have ever heard that song in the last five years. And if it didn't have a killer guitar track, Lou didn't find it, so... It was on ukulele, so no. Oh, well, <laughs> uh, maybe I have heard it then, I don't know. We were rocking out to some ukulele tracks recently on YouTube, but Lou was on a lot of painkillers after the surgery, so... <laughs> I have no idea where to go from here. I feel like we, uh... Feel like we've Dylan, mostly you just got seem, it. Okay, you just seem like angry that other people are putting their shit out when you think your stuff's better, but not out there. Yeah. Everything's based out of spite, and I don't want to feel that way. All I'm saying is you don't want to be angry your whole life. Yeah. You know. That'll... I want to know how to fix that part. Yeah. And it sounds like, uh... You're trying to scale it back. You're the most professional. Yes, here. and I'm trying to scale it back. Jacob is the most experienced amateur, having the most amateur endeavors. Yeah, see, I at least yeah. stick with mine. And I'm yeah, no, kind of I, middle ground of... Eh, I, I chose not to stick with mine. I came to grips with the fact that I had had my time, I enjoyed it, but I will never take it to a professional level. It's it, I don't understand where Dylan sits because he keeps he keeps pushing that line of almost professional, but then he then he steps back again. And then well, he's almost professional, then he steps back again. To use more shitty metaphors, um, opening and closing doors is how I kind of feel about it. If I go in... Commit, committing to anything is terrifying, and I think that's where I'm in limbo about this. Uh, you've... Nicole. Point, pointing, Nicole. Pointing doesn't <laughs> help in a podcast. Nicole has found her boundaries, opened and closed doors, made commitments to the things that she's made, and has decided to make choices, further commitments, to either scale them back or move them forward. Jacob has made the commitment to enjoy things as the hobby, stay where they are, enjoy it for what it is. David 
kind of in my boat, but even then making commitments to at least get things done, and I don't like making commitments. <laughs> so you have a feel, fear of commitment. Yes. Even because to yourself. Because when I have, it has burned me. You sound like you have a terrible relationship with yourself. I have had a lot of terrible relationships, one of the worst being myself. Well, that's why all your other relationships suck, because your relationships No, the other relationships suck. suck because those people are terrible. Well, yeah, but you also hate yourself, which is why you're dating terrible people. I hate myself because I invested in them. And by but you hate yourself at, at the core of the problem. You're afraid to commit to yourself, and I think you need to cope with this fear of commitment before you can but move I've forward. But I've made so many terrible mistakes. Why make another? Have and I'll get over that eventually because I'll need to make some professionalism? film. Huh? Have I'll any of those been in the pursuit of professionalism? Those terrible mistakes? Um, or are they personal? Actually, no. The professional ones usually work out all right. <laughs> so just do more of those. Yeah. Yeah, the worst yeah. I've ever... Just scale back your personal life, then. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like that's... <laughs> yeah. It sounds like that's what's holding you back. Yeah. <laughs> scale, yeah, scale your personal life back to the hobby uh, and then make all your hobbies the uh, the front runners. I mean, we were doing about. a great job of that for a little while. I, th I thought, like, yeah. like, early on in the... The antecedent of this house being livable in a bowl when you were you were working on the mural stuff, stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, was that satisfying to do? Uh, seeing it come together was interesting, but I mean, it's still technically not done. Even by both of our standards, I said I was done because I wasn't going to work on well, it. Well, yeah, but, but while you done. but while you were working on it, you could be forgiven for it not being finished. What do you mean by that? By definition. Oh, yeah. As long as you were working on it, it was fine, it wasn't done. Yeah. Was working on it a scenario in which you would have been fine if that had extended out further and you had another thing to go to if, after that was done and then this? Yeah, if, it, if it's keeping me alive, I can stay in that stream, but having to look for the next thing is what stresses me out. I'm, I'm terrible well, no, at making arrangements. No, but nobody likes doing that. Yeah. That's the hard part. I'm a terrible manager. Uh, which well, you're in luck. is what I'm doing as my profession. <laughs> David loves organizing things, people, schedules. Oh, I wasn't even talking about oh, no, me. My, my, I was just saying that's a that's an arrangement as old as time. I am a supervisor at a store, so professionally, I am te my my job position is a manager. <laughs> yeah, but you're not you're not the kind of manager. I mean, actually, maybe the word you're looking. For, yeah, I don't think you're looking for the word manager. You're looking for the word agent here. Yeah, you're not you're not going out looking for places where your talent is needed. There was one event where I was called in to do caricatures for a wedding, and because I had woken up at noon upon being called, um, I sounded a little out of it. And while hanging up the phone, I heard the person over the go phone go, fucking idiot, as, I, like, as they like closed the phone. Classic closing the phone sound. Yeah. And uh, that was a bummer. That made me never want to talk to anybody on the phone ever again. Mm -hmm. Uh but usually I'll be nervous at the beginning. I recently did a gig for a doctor, and the house was incredibly intimidating, taking up all of a cul-de-sac. Mm -hmm. And uh, the first caricature I did was for his youngest child, who, upon handing it to him, he said, it's okay. In the very disappointed way that a child doesn't actually want to hurt your feelings, but doesn't know how to really lie to you. Did you just draw the Gerber baby? I didn't, and that was my major drawback. Yeah. When drawing children, just draw the Gerber baby and add hair. That's all it is. I thought that's how you draw everyone. 
No, that <laughs> oh, okay. you, you look for things that they would normally be insulted about on a day-to-day and make it a little bigger than usual. No, that's that's what I thought. I guess I was over-applying the rule. I thought you did a Gerber baby with their most apparent flaw exaggerated. <laughs> that's how, yeah, that's how, you, that's how you draw children. No, that's how you draw children. Okay. have that round head. Yeah, adults have weirder heads. That's the only difference. So you just draw an elongated Gerber yeah. baby yeah, with actually. one exaggerated flaw. Again, I didn't pursue this... Uh, this is slightly off topic. What what happened with the doctor visit? Um, I did a few rough caricatures, like the first three, and eventually I got in the swing of things. I realized that I shouldn't be as intimidated. I kind of got over it. Things evened out. I drew him and the rest of his family at the end, and I went home $300 richer. And what were your lessons learned that you've carried forward to this day? Again, nothing. Yeah, you can just. There was nothing about it. It, it wasn't the. It, it wasn't the method by which. Because I know I'll feel that way again. You'll you'll the feel how. Again. How will you feel? I'll feel misplaced. What in what undeserving? What of what imitation? I feel fake. I feel like I am trying to get something that I do not deserve. Okay, Dylan, do you deserve anything? No one deserves anything. Okay, then don't worry about <laughs> bowling that word into <laughs> this discussion. Push that evil on me. Huh? Yeah. Push that evil on me. <laughs> well, I, the, I swear we literally, this this exact point's come up before. Yeah. If no one deserves anything, stop saying that word. Because mm. it doesn't, it, it it's of no value. Yeah, I've been, I've been hitting the unfortunate catcher in the rye mentality of everything just feeling really fake and discovering that nihilism. I'm almost certain this came up, too. You just need to do. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Nihilism's fine. I mean, I've been a nihilist, like, my whole life. I... All right, nihilist, nihilist, nihilist. Jacob? Yeah, I mean, you just need nihilism? to fucking... Nihilism? I like on that, that swaggy you side of nihilism. Is, well, okay, Jacob's a nihilist. He just, just doesn't know what it means. Yeah, you just need to get over it and realize that it's, it's all shitty anyway, so you might as well just do what you can, because... What the fuck? Like, you don't have any choice anyways. We can go nice and deep into that on a later podcast, which I've been threatening to do for a long time, but you need yeah, to do first. Yeah. Yeah. If you're tied up in these thoughts, you still need to do. Wait, nihilism's not caring about anything, right? Nothing uh, matters. It's no. that nothing matters anyways. And there are two types uh, of nihilism. There's the, no, I'm, uh, I'm nothing matters. And then the snap and point cool shades on. But nothing matters. Well, there's, there's the existential point that because you can't control any of it anyways, why are you even going to fucking worry about it? Yeah, see, I'm, I'm, on, I'm in the cultist mindset. It's all for the greater good. Boom. Okay, so the, so the dreary side of nihilism. Yeah, no. The, it's, anarchi- like, I the anarchist to, I nihilist. No, is okay, no, that's no, that's no, that's, that's, that is, that's that is, not. D- Dylan, that's what? not a form of nihilism no. at all. <laughs> anarchist nihilism, totally. No, a greater good is like literally <laughs> in direct opposite. opposition of nihilism. It's the yeah. exact opposite. Yeah, thing. Jacob's a cultist, not a nihilist. Uh, this right. is, yeah. this is, are you a Protestant atheist or a Catholic atheist? Like, this is, <laughs> that's not the right use of that word. Yeah, it's. I, it doesn't matter whether or not anything matters. I made this thing because I think it's cool. Boom. I show up to work because I make people's lives better. Bam. So I do it. Bing. Oh, that, that last one didn't really work for Jacob, that, Jacob also doesn't, you know, care what other people think about him. So, you know, he's free. Is that true, yeah. Jacob? Yeah. 
No. You show up to a triathlon, you're slow, a 60-year-old man beats you. Who cares? <laughs> he does have 60 years. Yeah, he's got 60 he, yeah, years. Yeah, he's been training a lot longer than you. Yeah. Twice as long as you have been alive. <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't matter. Who cares? <laughs> See? Laugh with us, Dylan. Laugh. 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 Because it doesn't fucking laugh. matter anyway. Just, just laugh. Overlap the tightest laugh. laugh. Laugh, laugh, laugh. Yeah. Okay. Laugh, laugh, laugh. Like this. How do you feel like this? Boom. That's what you got. Package it up. Well, now I'm just give it to somebody and charge fifty dollars. Well, now I'm just thinking of the fucking Titus laugh from FF10. Yeah. You can just edit that in over my bad one. Actually, no, they're both fine. Yeah, they're both totally fine. Exactly. That's the attitude you need. Yeah, there we go. Put a bow on it. I, th I think we've had a breakthrough. Excellent. They did charge $50 for that game. So, so David, as someone who has a profession... I do. ...and has a number of pastimes... I do. ...that are not professional... <laughs> not terribly, no. Podcasting being among them. Yes, yes. Um... I mean, like, where, where's your stance on it? Like, are, are, are these side endeavors, are these endeavors that you want to keep fun and only when you're motivated? Or do you want to try and take a tea or herp approach where you actually try to do something with them? Everything is within, well, yes. At some point, it would be nice to make money doing things that are not within the exact um, the exact strictures of a company like the one I work for. It's not salary, have, like, basically. Yeah, like, I have, I have no problem doing the work I do right now. It's fine. I like my job, and I feel like I do an okay job and you, of you my job. And you get to do it at home. Otherwise, I would have been laid off by now. But <laughs> there's... I, I have a constant need to be useful. So, essentially, all I need to do for a task to be satisfying is feel as though what I am producing... It, it not even necessarily it doesn't even necessarily need to be meaningful it just needs to feel like a lot was done i i basically it's see all my output i see myself as a tool using the metaphorical rather than cultural version of that word <laughs> okay where essentially the more use i am being put to the better okay there are a lot of mirrors in that garage yeah you did figure that out yeah, That's pretty good. I got those mirrors licked. I need to, um, I still need to buy more lasers, though, so that I can get to the art version of that. Oh, did you see I, uh, I museumified your, uh, oh, I'll show you later. Oh, okay. Anyway, the, uh, yeah, I provided Dylan with some ancillary inspiration he doesn't want, but, uh, he doesn't <laughs> even know about it yet. No, I just, I need to do stuff. That's actual garbage. Perfect analogy. This is why the trash can is perfect. I just got to keep putting stuff in that trash can, <laughs> and it doesn't matter, you know, human nature is folly, I agree, this mm -hmm. is a hard trap to fall out of, but as long as I'm throwing stuff into that bin, I'm happy. Okay. It's just, it, it, the only thing that matters is the rate. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like that too, we're both motivated by achievement, we yeah. just want to like get stuff done. Yeah, I just want to yeah. get stuff done. I don't, and so even not... achievement's a little strong, I just need to do stuff, again, well, that's, that's where I mean, the garbage I guess, bin I guess comes it's in. It's not like, you know, word, but like just achievement by you, like, you know, you... You keep moving, yeah, you keep you, doing you get, stuff. You, yeah, you're like, you're like your tasks that you finish throughout the day are, are what make you happy. Yeah, and if yeah. I don't get don't enough worry. of those done, I feel horrible. <laughs> yeah, I do yes. too, like you I don't can't relax about... at night. Oh, sorry. You don't worry who's picking through that trash bin and looking through the stuff. I do. All you care I, about is filling it. I, I do a little bit. Like I'm, I'm concerned. I mean, if I just wanted everybody to see it, 
I could very easily blow out, I could artificially blow out who sees actual garbage. I could put 20 bucks into Facebook and have, you know, yeah. a thousand plus people look at it and do, I'm not worried about that. I'm fine. I'm fine with the X number of subscribers that these podcasts have, the number of people that follow the feeds and stuff, because as long as they are actually reading the stuff, that's more than enough social gratification for what I do. I'm, in fact, I, at the outset of this, and I still stand by this, I would be perfectly fine with actual garbage lasting 10 years just being an archive of things I've done yeah. because it motivate. I know for a fact that it motivates me to do things that I wouldn't do any other way. That's like an online little portfolio of what you've been doing for the last 10 years. Yeah. And yeah. as long as it doesn't crash and lose all my shit, I have no problem <laughs> with that. Like, that's enough for me. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've uh, cherry-picked too much of my stuff, and that's actually why I needed to try to get this resume and portfolio together. If I've been keeping a lot of my work or artwork around, um, and one of the slumps that I fell into was losing a lot of my stuff from SCAD. We all kept it on a thumb drive, we were told to back it up to a hard drive, and it was all saved on a cloud that was wiped once the school year is done. And my thumb drive that had my stuff on it got corrupted, the drive got wiped, and, and three, four drawings of preliminary sketches for a single class. Well, you should probably deviant art that shit and redraw. Yeah, yeah. and you're, and you have the well, experience I've just tried working of having on newer done stuff. all that. Yeah, I've just tried working on newer stuff. New stuff that's better because you've learned from it. Yeah, keep filling your trash can, Dylan. What you need to do <laughs> is the problem, is you have the trash can... But you're too worried about the fact that there's a single piece of trash at the bottom of it, and you're trying to keep other people from looking at it because you're scared that they'll steal it. Yeah. Dylan, I'm going to let you in on a secret about the way that I've constructed the website. Um, after 12 things go up on either log, you don't see any of the stuff below it. So here's the magic. <laughs> if I put something out I don't like... I need to put out 11 other things <laughs> as fast as possible to bury it. Okay. This is, is the, this is, is perverse. Baseball? Like yes. when you start releasing stuff fast, you got to look at the website for the garbage? Yes. This is, this is a very real, and it totally works. Like it absolutely works. There are things at the bottom. And, it, it, and thankfully, because I'm still at a point where I'm learning production values and I'm getting better stuff, like... The stuff's improving. I don't know that I, I will probably be sad to see the Incredibles episode go when it does, because even though it that sounds a, like shit, it's a great podcast. That was podcast. a great episode. I if you guys that don't, was a very good listening episode. Yeah, the, the consumption log, if you guys don't listen to the consumption log, it's the other half actual garbage. We just did one on the Incredibles. I apologize for the sound pops and stuff, but I've actually, I, those are endearing to me now, so I can't <laughs> edit them out anymore. The, um, but that's, that was a great one. And it moved down and out a review of a game that I was mostly lukewarm on. And as long and there are, there are a couple things, there are a couple little bucket list items on the machination log, I believe, that I don't want on the front page anymore. Okay. So <laughs> I need to put this podcast out, and I need to put another one out, and I've got a thing I want to because it, it makes sure that I keep going up. And if I put out another thing that sucks. Sure, I then have to bury that. But I'm getting better. Like, my failures are less faily over time because, you know, as you get better at the stuff, your bar goes up. And, I mean, granted, I expect to, every once in a while, put out something that's completely awful in retrospect. Well, uh, I just and I'm going to... 
I mean, in respect to Dylan, I'd like to quote, what was it? Jay Leno was talking about this on Joe Rogan's podcast. Uh, he's talking about how he doesn't do, uh, what are they called? Uh, Netflix Presents. The uh, What the heck are those called? Stand-up the... Netflix. Oh, no, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't record. He doesn't, re- yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't record, record his stand-up. Himself. Okay. Mm. Yeah, if and you the guys... reason why is because oh, yeah, he doesn't want people looking at his old stuff. He says, if you want to hear my stand-up, I'll come to your town and do it. Because his old stuff doesn't matter. It's, he's gotten better at his trade throughout the years. So he doesn't need his stuff from SCAD to show you. Because he'll show up and show what he has his A-game, not his A-game 10 years ago. Mm. That is something I am trying to avoid, um, even with that uh, cosplay. Uh, there are problems with it, and I had fun wearing it. It was very hot. There were a lot of problems, um, and I think it's just gotten to the point where those problems outweigh fixing them, because then not I wouldn't get the same satisfaction, and I would have put in even more work to fix it. Let me just, so I, just make something else. I just have a question. This is just general curiosity about the cosplay thing, because I know with like costumes. They really don't have to be perfect. Like, I mean, as long no. as as long as they're a Monet and like they look there's good a, from like ten feet away, yeah, then you're, you're good to go. The, there's it's a the five cosplay. foot rule. Five foot okay. Rule. The yeah. five okay. foot rule is if you are five feet away from the thing and you can't tell the difference, no one can tell the difference because okay. okay. that's where people stand. Yeah. Yeah, you should never look up close for that kind of stuff. Yeah. That that rule is waived a little bit in terms of what I do with a fursuit because people are right up on top of you. But even in that particular context, fur is very forgiving. Okay. So, yeah, no, they don't have to be perfect. And that's, that's a hard lesson to learn because when you're making it, it you every, see everything. Every time you see something that's not right, it sucks. No, I, I, yeah. I know like, that from sewing too, but it, it's like with dancing, you know, it's on stage. It's like it looks crappy from up close, but on stage, nobody can tell the difference anyways. You just don't worry about, you know, little things here and there. And, you know, yeah. stuff can be not constructed perfectly as long as it stays on or you can glue it to yourself through a dance number, yeah. you know? And, <laughs> and like you said, if I really do, if, since I have this self-hatred, um, perspective really does matter because when I see my work from where I stand, I see every mistake, I see how I feel see, when I See, but this it, is the thing, know. but you're not, you not making couture, uh, you know, fursuits. They just, or not fursuits, or, or cosplay outfits. You know, it's like, like when I sew things, I would love for them to be, you know, right. fucking couture quality and like lined in every stitch. But like, I'm just not that proficient at it. And as long as it stays on and it stays together. And frankly, neither is couture the first four times. Yeah. So I think probably, I don't know, maybe couture is, gets well, it right on the first try. But. Well, they, I, the people that hand sew that stuff have been doing it for a long time, and that's why those outfits are like $24,000 a piece. So I'm assuming there's some solid construction involved in them, <laughs> you know, but... But they screw up, too. Yeah. That's Pendulette talks about that all the time. He never he's he's never had a show that he considers to be perfect. He always screws something up, but he's gotten he's done it so many times that there's no possible way you can tell. His his bar, the bar just rises. Yeah. And that's that I mean that's the same way it works with mine. I'll make mistakes, but as long as the mistakes I'm covering my old mistakes with are less noticeable, <laughs> that's fine. That's all it takes. Well, that's what I mean. You accept the mistake and you move on and you don't make that mistake in the future. I mean, but everything's going to have errors in it. You know. So don't fuck up. 
Yeah, where where does or bury your fuck ups? Perfection. Yeah, that's the goal. Perfect. Yeah, the whole. Sc- so has the mentality. No, that don't has been say fostered. yeah to that. I need to make sure you huh? you, you caught realize... that as a joke well, and that you are not now internalizing this. No, I'm not internalizing it, but I am accepting it as what has been pressured by basically every outside force growing up. When you're young in school, it's school. Even now with adolescence, a lot of the internet is irredeemable. I was talking to Mike about making a mistake on the internet, and he said, you better never fucking do that. If you're not sure about anything, don't talk. Because it'll be recorded, and somebody, you know, uh, Aaron Hansen gets ripped on for a tweet that he made back in 2011 saying, if I ever make a Let's Play channel, fucking kill me. And now he has... And now he's dead. (laughs) Now he has Game Grumps, one of the, like, most proficient uh, Let's Play channels. And people still bring that tweet up because it's brand new to them. They just saw it, even though it's five years old now. Dylan, you can't be that worried about your social fucking legacy. Really? I mean, you're not a goddamn celebrity. Like, I mean, for what it's worth, I can relate to what you're talking about. I mean, it's part but, of the I mean, it's part of the reason yeah. I used an alias forever. Yeah, is that it? it no, I you I, I understand about like not wanting to divulge everything. I mean, I'm very selective about what I post on, you know, out there. But I mean, to go I'm very in, all or nothing on. Yeah, but that's what I mean. But to go into it with like the fact that you're gonna, I mean, I, I guess if you're going into politics, you want to make sure you don't say anything unsavory. But I mean, I feel like as an artist, you could probably survive most of your, you know, retarded Jacob. online shenanigans. Jacob, do you ever regret having posted anything on the internet? No. <laughs> okay. I couldn't. Uh, yeah, I couldn't care less. Right. Does it, I, I don't like. I, it, yes, it's I'm, there, I'm but of... I don't know how much that actually matters. And it seems like, like the well, young. I'm not afraid of it, it as just a standing of somebody's. I'm, I'm afraid of it coming back to bite me. I'm afraid of well, repercussion. Stop posting racist shit everywhere then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, yeah, let, let's give this in context. I don't care because I try to keep my Facebook professional, and if someone goes back and looks at something I said 10 years ago and goes, well, oh, you said this at that point, then I'll probably just disassociate with that person because they're probably a terrible person. I everywhere. Get, yeah, but <laughs> I didn't post stuff on my Facebook page to get my mom to block me. So maybe... <laughs> I don't have to try to do that. I can just sit and watch the news for 20 minutes. I do not stay quiet while we watch the news. So in the end... I'm going to edit the shit out of this one, yeah. so don't worry about it. You should just yeah, edit no, it in, like, different orders so that yeah. it just doesn't make yeah, any this, sense. Yeah, this one was quite slow. The, I was very distracted <laughs> while it was going on, so. Yeah, yeah, this one was long, and there were a lot of sections that. Yeah, I usually don't do these topic ones, so this is a little new for me. These are definitely harder than talking about it's, movies. Okay. I need to it's get more. very notes. hard to talk about one of these organically. Everything feels forced when you're talking. You well, you need, so? you, you need well, notes. Yeah. You need I notes. wrote notes. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't. No, it was fine while we I, had, I while we were source. on script. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, Ampro, do we want to talk any more about cash and bank? I mean, we already got 
I mean, we've got the opinions of most of the people around the table. I would love to make money doing podcasts, but that is almost just there's no possible way that's going to happen. How long money. until we're employed? What? How long until we're employed under you? Um, I can do a 1099 now or you're fired. <laughs> I'm sorry. Before the job even starts. What? Yep. No. You can write that on your resume. You got fired from the National Guard podcast. There you go. For saying too much racist shit. Yeah. Actually, on a side note, can we write this down as volunteer time? <laughs> I mean, it's non-profit, that's for sure. Motivational. <sighs> and that's the life of the amateur. Quite a bit. Yeah, this is easily a lot the most... Of, a lot of volunteer hours. Oh, yep. yeah. <laughs> Quite a few. This may be the most amateurish of the ones I've done. I don't know why I'm so tired. Oh, it's because I woke up late today. I was That's pretty. I late. was pretty tired yeah. coming in too because I usually. I drank do like these three Guinness, the so the fact that I'm talking coherently in it at all is pretty impressive. Dylan, I can't understand a word you're saying. That would make a lot of sense. Dylan, hmm? look at me. I'd have been. Have I you looked at you while you said that? Huh? Nobody can I, see. This I is a podcast. Everything. Visual comedy has been lost. I'll have to start periscoping these. Yeah, yeah just start using. Yeah. We should just have. And I, I understood up. everything Dylan said, and it made me sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Break out this rut. One of these. Times. Just do stuff. Just keep doing stuff. Yeah. If you if you say you're busy, you'll find that you have no time. But if you just do things, magically stuff gets done. Magic. I like I like to do lists. I just I get a post-it note. I jot a few things. I feel accomplished from doing the to-do list, and then I go, man, got it, and then I just fuck off. <laughs> oh, so you you writing get all, you get all your joy the from the writing. All right, of the so here's okay. so uh, man, I sure didn't they figure out all. Well, the then shit I then be you doing. may be you may be hopeless because no, you no, can no, get no. gratification from that. that no, might all be... I'm all I'm seeing is agency. Like you need, you need someone. Yeah, just point me where to go. Someone needs to find you the things to do because you are too satisfied finding the things to do. So someone yep. needs to write your to-do lists for yep. you. I mean, that's why I'm a better employee than a manager. I work as hard as the people that I'm instructing to do things because I don't trust them to do it. So I'll just do it because I know it needs to get done. But I'm not going to tell them. All right, so here's your to-do list know. for this week. It's to find someone or thing that provides these objectives for you. Okay. Find someone you don't like at all. So Actually, anybody. I can think of two people that don't like you right now. <laughs> no, 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 the other way around. <laughs> You're forgiven. <laughs> this podcast feels oddly personal. It's extremely Everyone personal. is it, looking at yeah. you. It did turn into a Dylan on Dylan, the Dylan, get your shit everyone together. Everyone else in the chair. Oh, was Oh, no. This is secretly an it's intervention. It's a Dylan intervention. Wow. Yep. It doesn't like work because your name has an O in it. Dylan intervention. <laughs> a Dylan intervention. This is, this is going to become a running theme. The only email you've read on this podcast is was you talking shit on me. Yeah. Dylan was talking, was being talking sad. About how depressed he is. Good point. All right. Phil, Dylan's on this one. I guess it's gonna be a sad one, guys. Yep. 
All right. Well, then talk about the happy thing that's happening. You got an internship from a weird-ass connection. How did it all go? Uh, that's the thing that I blew today. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Excellent. What'd you do? Huh? I didn't get my portfolio did, like, together. Look, need to get that shit together. It's supposed to be a good thing and made it depressing. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how the, the, that's the pattern that's emerged. I was stoked when it happened. Fucking dread. If you also would like to get oh, oh. dragged, We're make sure to email. We have another email here from Nicole Paddock. As a member of your 30-something demographic, I understood almost nothing that was being talked about in the ShadowCon episode. Respectfully, Nicole. Apparently, not everyone is in this camp. Um, Mitchell's mom apparently liked the ShadowCon episode. That, was that the Thomas episode? No, no, no I like. Okay, I did like the Thomas episode. I yeah, the, I did Thomas like the Thomas episode. Thomas episode. Good. I like hearing Thomas. Thomas, Thomas will. Thomas will be back at some point. He's well, physically back. It wasn't, even, it wasn't even necessarily Thomas. It was. It was a good podcast. It's a good talk. Well, we had a the, topic. The, the topics were good. Yes. And I actually really like the. I, I'm going to incorporate part of the polytheist theme into my next panel. I do it. Uh, I'll be at Furry Weekend Atlanta. At the end of March, I one will of these days, I'm gonna have to go up. to one of these fur fests just as a spectator. They're fun. I'm fascinated by all this dancing. There's a parade. There oh, and there's plenty of dancing. Yeah, that sounds awesome. There I were tutorials. Tutorials. Wait, there were two tutorials? No, that's not what I said. Oh. What? There were monetarily number terribly two. You're right. David, it might just be easier to release the secret podcast than edit this one. I know. That's what I bet. No, see, that's... that's oh, do you have an ace in the hole just in case we have a disaster it's, like it's, this? It's more like a... We it's more like topic, a... Collateral cast. It's more like a three. Yeah, if you think we went off topic, you, you should have David give you some pure uncut... See, of that podcast. See, I, bad. I like having that podcast now because it's come up in four other podcasts. It's a threat. It's I'm, a looming threat. Yeah, I'm just never going to release it. And the best part is, like all good secrets, it's really not that big a deal. It's like, <laughs> no. but, but it, it is. Just, yeah, yeah it's, no, it's, it's great to have something that people think might be interesting. But the reason why it wasn't released is because it's not good. Yeah, it's not. It's not good. Yeah. But how not good is it? I don't know. It could have been better. Dylan, could you have done better? No, you couldn't have done better. That's not how time works. Causality goes in one direction. So what you need to do now is better. Do better now. I need. To, I think it's not me being on the podcast that makes it sad. It's the subject that I'm on coincides with like me being sad. Well, all right. Well, the next one we can have is a depression cast. Do you want to be in on that one? <laughs> That's every cast I'm on. And on that bombshell. Yeah. 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 We'll get. Uh, we'll get an hour out of this. We'll be fine. There is well, definitely still have, an hour in here. We still. I mean, are you going to edit in a playing out, or are you just going to take that thing Nicole said and then chop it real short? Um, I've tended to. I, I haven't needed to do the uh, the TLDR thing. I mean, if you guys want to interject anything. Well, since it's already broken, I'd like to bring up something from another podcast, the one you just released with Hov in it. All right, we got an email coming in from Jacob Paddock. Caller, go ahead. So 
it was talking about people watching and how small oh yes talk. the vignette of a nice person yes vignette of a nice person how you and Joey couldn't understand the idea of saying hello to a stranger saying sup and not responding yeah fuck to the that question fuck those people I, I have found that that is prevalent in our family for some reason. Yes, because it is. I've gotten in trouble multiple times for not saying hello to people's parents, and they took it very personally. I uh, experienced that a lot in my youth as well. I didn't realize you were supposed to acknowledge people when you went into their house. I thought children were supposed to be seen and not heard. Wasn't that the whole deal? Like that explains it at that point. I, I'm not excusing I not understanding it now. Children should be neither seen nor heard. Or yeah, whatever. Or That's maybe. ideal. Yeah. <laughs> They have to exist in some form, so it might as well be quiet. Dylan, if someone says what's up, how do you respond? Hi. Oh, oh you're one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I'm I am definitely in the boat where if someone says what's up, I always say, I'm doing all right. How are you doing? And then they give me a funny look. They weren't expecting to say anything. It was just something stupid they were saying to acknowledge my existence. Like I needed their approval. Granted. But yeah, that's definitely a problem that our family suffered from because I don't notice when someone doesn't say hello to me, but apparently I don't other find people it offensive really anyways. Yeah. I don't even notice it. Again, I get annoyed when people ask me things and they aren't actually looking for something i want to know what your motive for bugging me was i don't what, want... like when i bugged you about that stupid serial podcast i i don't want i don't by the way a lot of people just talk to want to hear talking i know that's bullshit they that's should, why they have podcasts they should get over that they should listen to the voices in their head i thought that was what those were for no those are mean and sad and depressed I yeah guess. what do you think all of what I say is... What? Also, it sounds like you just want to be German, David, because they don't have small talk in German. No, I know. They don't have a word for it. It's great. I know. It's pretty good. And no, that serial podcast, I don't want to distract from this. You said it was a bunch of American life schlock, and that is true. However... I hate their form of journalism. It's a personal pet peeve of mine. But the other podcast you link to, which is like the fact-oriented, yeah. like that totally misses the point. Like, okay, okay, I only listened to the key ones. I didn't listen to all the addendum ones, but it, it, I felt like it got me to where I needed to be more clearly without being confused by her Because I feel like she was so confused by the end of getting to that podcast that she left, like, things like they were more gray than they actually were. No, but that was supposed to be the whole point, was that it's possible to follow the narrative through something like this and end up just absolutely confused by the end of it. I mean, I'm saying that that I I found that to be, I I found that to be unnecessary after I found the other one because I felt like she left me confused, and then I listened to that other podcast and I was like, "There's not that much confusion here. Why did she take me through twelve steps to get me more confused than I should have been?" I just don't like that this American Life journalistic style. I find it irritating. I can't take Ira Glass serious as a human being. It just doesn't work for I me. I mean, I don't think he takes himself very seriously as a human being. That's not a... Those aren't mutually exclusive. I just don't like that I mean, have you seen how he dresses? 
Okay, it's, I listened. Okay, the one American Life I think I heard the entire thing of was that one where he was talking about the neurotic dog he has, and I literally cannot take him seriously as as anything now. Like just hearing his voice cr- makes me cringe, and I just think <laughs> that he's some retard with a retarded dog. That I just he creeps me out. <laughs> that's understandable. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a perfect example of someone who turned their amateur dream into yep. cold, hard segue. cash. Good segue. We pulled it back in. Now we have to include it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we do. But it's still so, in public radio, so even the cold, hard cash part's like a little quiet. Oh, yeah, no. He was, he was interviewed by Alec Baldwin a while back, and Alec's like, you should just take more money out, man. Yeah, like you're worth it. Like it's, it's funny because I he, and he has that. Ira has that. That he, he, public radio is in his bones. Yeah. Like the idea of like drawing a salary commensurate with his fame is just entirely not a thing he even considers. So that conversation's super awkward, which I thought was funny. <laughs> Alec Baldwin has no such problem. Um, I was gonna mention, uh, Patreon, uh, and regret even saying it now, cause... (laughs) (laughs) That's an example of taking amateurism into the professional field that a lot of people are either utilizing incredibly well by being very agent about themselves, or squandering miserably. And I don't want to throw people or names under the bus. I've made one. Yeah. I don't remember the password. (laughs) Oh. Okay, well, that's on you. Yeah. Uh, you should get an agent to remember your password for you. Yeah. Uh, that may Actually, no, that may be a manager thing. You may need an agent and a manager. No, that's like a yeah. personal assistant thing. No, it's your phone. That's what your phone's supposed to be now. That's, yeah, what, well, that's a ser- cookies thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, between agent and manager, you're looking at 25%, so it's starting to eat into the... If I'm in a house, I mean... What sold, kind of house? Any. Shed. Insulated. Solid. Insulated shed. Contented. Insulated truck. All right. Okay. Not actually on this. If I'm not cold when it is hot, or if I am cold when it is hot and hot when it is cold, I'm all right. That is some fucked up logic, but I'm going to... I want temperature control. That's basically the major... (laughs) We're in Florida. That's the only thing I'm looking for. Living requirements, food temperature control, solid. All right, so you're sounding like my dream job for the for Euro Truck Simulator Two. So yeah. we can get you. We can get you air conditioning for about a thousand bucks, and we can park you out behind a gas station. Yeah, I'm not totally object to that. Do a solid couple years that way. I you mean, could probably room with uh, Ryan in that truck because it sounds like that's all he needs from life. Yeah, most oh, well, of the time. I feel like me, Ian, Jacob, and Joey have all kind of had the same life goal of, man, if we were just in the woods and it wasn't that gross, it'd be all right. Okay, here's the thing: homesteading is is a lot of work too. Yeah, but yeah. Oh, there are plenty but, of cracked articles what, on how yeah. how I'm much sure of a pain in the wrong. ass it is to be homeless. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Being homeless is really boring. Hmm. A lot of time to kill. That's where drugs come in. Exactly. To fill the void. 
Or to fix whatever the fuck is well, wrong. Well, no, it's it's to suppress whatever's wrong, because you're not really fixing it. Uh, yeah. That's why I'm actually afraid of drugs. And it's not because of all the indoctrination that you're put through in school. <laughs> it's, uh, all I'm that shit's bullshit. I'm afraid of taking the wrong ones, is all. I just want the thing that works. Well, don't start with coke. <laughs> But you couldn't afford it anyway. Yeah, so no. I guess that's don't not a start, problem. Also, don't start with bath salts or synthetic weed, and you're off to a good start. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you're gonna smoke weed, just smoke the real stuff. If I were to go deeper into the restaurant business, cocaine is basically a requirement. That's yeah, why it's that's a terrible a idea yeah. to go deeper into the restaurant yeah, industry. Yeah, that's, I mean, you are not on a track to get to that part of the restaurant business. I you thought you were about to say you are not attractive enough to do cocaine. <laughs> That is also true. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is you don't need to lose any more weight, so oh, yeah, it's no. not a good well, drug for you. I heard yeah, for I Focus mean, that Adderall makes you not want to eat, yeah. and that sounds like a great way to fucking uh, get me killed. Yeah, no, when I took Adderall, it got rid of my uh, appetite. I didn't want to eat anything. Yeah, no, that sounds like I already have that. I don't that's want that why, That's why you have to find the right balance, so if you do your Adderall and smoke weed... You know, you're focused, and you have the munchies, and then you have the best oh. of both worlds. Like, it's it's all about med management. And you have to find the right stuff that works for you, because everyone's different. Like Pop-Tarts and Nutella. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> amateur, amateur psychopharmacologist. <laughs> it's all about the combinations. Gotta find the right cocktail for you. Cocaine and more cocaine. I guess that's also worth bringing it up, even on topic. Drugs in professionalism, like, there's a reason that a lot of, you know, I said cocaine is to food, heroin is to jazz. Like, where does, do people really need a fix? Okay. A literal fix so to get their shit done? I'll plug the actual percentage in here, or I won't, because I've gotten lazy about editing these things. Um... Some like 25%, maybe 30% of all professional musicians are on beta blockers for anxiety. Because it turns out yeah, it's really con- stressful. Like, con- like concert yeah. musicians and stuff. Yeah, which, yeah. Which, which is basically the pharmaceutical version of heroin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because well, it turns out it's Well, actually, Oxycontin is the pharmaceutical version of that, heroin. That's a little more debilitating. That's more debilitating than you want for playing an <laughs> instrument. Well, it worked for those jazz guys. <laughs> they yeah. produce some good shit. It is very creative. That point taken. <laughs> it's, it's, but I'm just saying, you gotta find the drug that works for you. When it comes to anxiety, um, turns out medication, uh, rampant, rampant problem. Yeah, maybe I just need to see a fucking doctor. <laughs> what? You can go see a psychiatrist. I hear they got some. <laughs> but that's the worst thing. Like, I've run into that dilemma, too, of people being afraid of doing drugs because, well, if that's me on drugs, why am I not good enough? Why is just me as is not Become good successful and then worry because about Because we're that. people and we're, like, broken and there's lots of... Also, if you're not motivated enough to do stuff, then taking drugs will not motivate you to do stuff. The people who do excel in their fields are so ner- neurotic about being better in their field that they need something outside of themselves to bring them back down to earth. Yeah, you mm. use it almost as like an enhancement. Like, yeah. I mean, if you're going to do it functionally, if you're just trying to kill time, I mean, do whatever the fuck you want. Like a bionic arm. <laughs> well, 
I found I need something to get me going when I don't want to and something to keep me going when I want to stop. You know? That's I I don't know if there's some other way that's all self-discipline. You just need to get in the habit of doing stuff. Or it's coffee and alcohol, but you already do both of those. I do. So And alcohol is the worst drug out of like all of them. Yeah, and coffee doesn't make you motivated. It just makes you more neurotic about certain things. I'm actually not doing anything. And then have to shit a lot. Wow, really? That was the fucking deal breaker of this whole podcast. I say that coffee needs to make you shit a lot, and that was what fucking broke us all up.